That was a shocking series of uh, photos and videos. You had to go digging through, through the archive for that one because I, I think that was the very, Noah wasn't even on the scene yet. Um, and that was, I think, if my memory serves me right, it might have been the first message that I was ever asked to, to, to bring as a deacon. And, and I think I remember the, the title was Get Off the Fence or something, some sort, uh, something along those lines. But uh, uh, that looked like a completely different person. No, if you didn't recognize that, that was, I had dark curly hair and there was a lot more of it back then. Wow. <clears throat> and uh, some of those other uh, photographs. I, it's, it's interesting because, you know, a after a while, uh, you forget about some of those great moments that have happened here and with the youth, uh, with the parking, uh, parking lot ministry where we were feeding, uh, feeding those uh, coin things and leaving people uh, messages saying that uh, we're the ones that, that gave you some extra parking time. I, wow, that was, that was a lot of, a lot of uh, great, uh, great times, great memories. So thank you, whoever put that together. Uh, oh, is that right, Barb? Thank you very much. That was very, that was really cool. So Noah, you get to see what I looked like before you were on the scene. All right, uh, this was a really interesting passage to dig into, and of course we're continuing the series in the book of Acts that Pastor Jerry started. Uh, he and I had breakfast a little while ago, and uh, he was uh, explaining uh, what was happening, and he said that I could either continue or um, I could uh, bring a message, uh, another message, uh, maybe a brief interruption. And I said, no, just give me the passage whenever you get to it. And that was several weeks ago. And then he texted me. He goes, okay, here's your passage, Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. And then I read that and I went, whoa. <laughs> thought, this is going to be interesting. But the more I read and the more I dug into it, the more of a real diamond in the rough this is. And we're going to get into all of that here in just a minute. But as always, as we approach God's Word, let's pray. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit will really open up our eyes, open up our ears, and open up our hearts so that we can see what He has for us, not what appears on the surface, which is truly interesting. Father, we invite you, we invite your Holy Spirit to come right now. Open up our ears, open up our eyes, let us see, let us hear. And open up our hearts, let us perceive those wonderful things that you have because there's, there's wonderful truth in every line of the book that you have given to us by divine inspiration. Uh, we look forward to what you have for us today. And uh, we ask you to have your way with us that we may be better ambassadors walking out of here today, uh, having read this and understanding it maybe in a new way. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, uh, let's read this passage together. Again, it's Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, <clears throat> also sold a piece of property. With his wife's knowledge, he kept uh, back a part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. 
Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart so that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money that you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to just human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who had heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. May the Lord add his blessing as we dig in to this passage of Scripture this morning. I have a question for you before we dive in, and this may seem completely, totally unrelated, but I want you to bear with me, okay? How many here like to listen to the radio? How many here have, at least at some point in time, you know, radio is not necessarily something we all listen to nowadays with so many media outlets available, but how many people in their lives have, at least at some portion of time, listened to the radio? Okay, I think everybody has had an experience with, with, this, uh, with the radio. Well, chances are you have a, a favorite radio station, or maybe a favorite genre that you listen to uh, on iHeartRadio or whatever it is you're listening to these days. Uh, let me tell you about my favorite radio. It's, uh, as, as I remember it, it might have broke, that's why it's no longer around. Uh, but my favorite radio, and Sally may remember this from the 1970s when we went to college together, uh, it was a little, little uh, radio uh, with a ferrite bar antenna and a little dial. It was AM-FM, but I mostly listened to the AM station on that radio, and it had a little red LED on it. And it was there to help you get the station just right. <clears throat> now, this radio was phenomenal. Now, bear in mind, um, we went to school in northern Vermont uh, in a little town in the northeastern corner called Lindenville. But with this radio... This radio was so cool, so powerful, it could pull in stations. And of course, that little LED was there to kind of help you tune it in. I would routinely, after the sun went down and we got AM skip. Those of you that are from my generation remember AM skip because you used to be able to get radio stations from all over the country in some cases. Uh, but routinely, uh, I would work at the snack bar and bring that radio with me, and me and a friend would tune in WKBW in Buffalo, New York, from Lindenville, Vermont. And then we'd switch the station. We'd go down to 
77, WABC, New York City. And from time to time, I, we would tune up to WoWo Radio. Who remembers WoWo Radio in Fort Wayne, Indiana? All right. At least one person knows it. I mean, it was like a cool station to listen to. 50,000 watt, clear channel AM station. And from time to time, from northeast Vermont, we'd be listening to WoWo Radio in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And when the conditions were just right, we would uh, go down to WLS Chicago, all the way from, from uh, northeastern Vermont. But we, we had to really tune it in and get it just right and, and look for that little LED. And, and, and when it got the strongest, it was, it was really a helpful tool. I wish I still had that radio. It was fun. It must have broke. I can't imagine I would have thrown that, that radio away or given it away uh, because, I mean, it was just... It's like the crane radios are today. For those that are familiar with crane radios, they have that, that ferrite bar... Uh, antenna which can just look for one of those weak signals and just pull it in and, and listen to it. So it's, it, it's kind of cool in that regard, but when I had that radio, regardless of where I was, I could only listen to one station at a time, right? How many stations can you tune to simultaneously on one radio? One. Now, yeah, okay. So you have two radios. You tune one to one station, you tune one to the other station. Have you ever tried doing that? Anybody ever tried listening to two different things at the same time? Roger. Does it work? Yeah, <laughs> you get a little confused listening to two things at the same time. You could use uh, several analogies here. If you try to listen to two people talking to you at the same time, and they're saying two different things, does it work? Not too well. I mean, you might be able to catch a little bit from this and a little bit from the other, but you can't fully concentrate on both things at the same time. If you use radio, if you tune one to, a, to a, uh, a polka station and you tune one to an 80s station, imagine the cacophony of sounds that would be hitting your ears. Trying to listen to polka and 80s, that doesn't work. Even two of the same kind of station, if you have 70s on one and 70s on the other, but they're playing two different stations, the two different songs, and they're both your favorites. Which one do you listen to? You can't do it very, very well. Uh, I venture to say nobody can really do that very, very well. So what does tuning in your favorite station have to do with the tragic story of Ananiah and Sapphira? And actually, there's quite a bit. There really is. Bear with me as we, as we dig in. Uh, Pastor Jerry has been talking to you uh, and, and taking you through the book of Acts, really with the undercurrent of identifying and, and watching the Holy Spirit at work and people that were listening and being drawn by the Holy Spirit and being directed by the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is a story that's really no different the Holy Spirit is at work here in, in really quite, quite a, an amazing way. 
the one who was sent after Jesus left is the one who is directing us through this book, really. If, if you stop and, and read through all of these stories. John chapter 16, verse 7. You don't have to go there, but if you want to jot it down in your notes so you can make reference to it. Jesus said, these are the words of Jesus, red letter. But verily, verily, I tell you, it is good, or it is for, you, for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. Why is that so important? Because without the Holy Spirit directing and guiding our lives, even in the 21st century, it's going to be darn near impossible. Of course, it, it starts now in the book of Acts because the Holy Spirit is now available. After Jesus, after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is available to every single person who comes to faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, the Scripture says. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you and to express himself through you. However, it's up to you as to whether or not you listen to the Holy Spirit and you are guided by the Holy Spirit. Since the Holy Spirit of God is available to you, to you, to you, to you, he lives inside of you. And I'm assuming everybody here has received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. If they have, if you have, you have the Holy Spirit in you every day, whether you can feel him or not. And that's important. But just like any radio station that's, that's broadcasting and available to everybody here in Northeast Ohio, unless we purposefully tune in to that radio station, you're not going to hear it. Does WCRF broadcast 24-7 to Northeast Ohio? Yes. Are, are you hearing it 24-7? Well, no, of course not, because if you don't have the radio on, you can't hear it. You have to purposefully tune into WCRF or any other station that is broadcasting within this market's footprint to fully understand how we can benefit from this story, this tragic story of Acts chapter 5, all we have to do is to look at the first word in Acts chapter 5, verse 1. Now, in the New International Version, it is uh, translated as now. But that doesn't quite capture it as we look at the, the, the Greek word. If you really want to dig into this, there's kind of a, an interesting little tipping point, the word now. But the King James Version and New Living Translation, among a few others, the Amplified Bible, I believe, I have captured this one, the essence of the word de, which is the, the Greek word used here to begin verse uh, 5, or I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 1. And the word de really is better translated as the word but. Okay, when you hear the word but in any conversation, what's the first thing that goes through your mind? 
it's okay there there's there's an important transition here there is a a a contrast that is being drawn here but it's okay stop we're gonna it's like you're going in a certain direction stop you're gonna go into another direction it's it's like a a stop sign it's okay we're gonna go stop here and go here it's a word of warning that you're you're about to shift there's a contrast going on here in, in this word. From the Blue Letter Bible, which is a wonderful tool, if anybody has ever dug into there, it essentially takes the, the original uh, Greek and Hebrew, Hebrew in the Old Testament, Greek in the New Testament, and it pulls each and every single word uh, and uh, it, it breaks it down so that you can understand what that word means because it, the Bible is rich that way. Just one word, one word. And in this case, it's the word but that really needs to set the stages here before we dig into the, um, this passage. From the Blue Letter Bible, this word but, which is the, the Greek word de, is translated or, or drawn out this way universally by way of opposition and distinction it is added to statements opposed to a previous statement in other words there's a shift and change in direction from what was just previously said in Acts chapter 4 now pastor Jerry spent time talking about Barnabas just last weekend in Acts chapter 4 so that's the stage, that's the contrast. You have to look at that story. You can't just take Acts chapter 5 and read it and understand what is going on with Ananias and Sapphira without first looking at Barnabas. Last week you spent time looking at this, this Barnabas character uh, and what did he do? Well, he sold a field, right? And what did he do with the money? He brought the money to the apostles' feet and he laid it at his feet. Well, the observation of this offering is the driving force behind this gift. If you really look at Barnabas in, in uh, chapter 4, the observation is that he did this out of compassion he did it out of transparency or honesty, and he did it out of generosity. Now, it's, it's not explicitly mentioned here, but it's implicit when you read the story. It was received gratefully, and it was mentioned in the Bible, so it's significant. So all of these attributes point to what? When Barnabas did this, all of these attributes point to the Holy Spirit in action, right? The Holy Spirit was guiding and directing Barnabas to do this wonderful thing in order to share. So, when we get to Acts chapter 5 and this wonderful contrast word, but, okay, you know something about, something about that story is about to change. There's going to be some contrast. And so we get to Acts chapter 5. We have the contrast to the Greek word de. But, so we, we have the driving forces in Barnabas. It's worth looking at that driving force. 
because when we get to Ananias' story, the driving force is different, is totally different. You see, right, right in the get-go, when you look at the story, when you read it all by itself, you think, well, what's the harm? He just skimmed a little bit, a little bit of money off the top so you know, he could do whatever. Or, you know, who knows what was in his heart on what he was going to do with that money. And by the way, his wife was in on that too. So it's not like he was doing this and his wife didn't know about it. He, he conferred with his wife and his wife was fully in it. Okay, you know, we'll, we'll skim a little bit and we'll, we'll bring this. What's the harm? What's the harm in it, right? But there's a contrast here. Someone here was not in tune with the Holy Spirit. Agreed. Let's read. It's a totally different broadcast, if you will, if we use the analogy of radio stations, okay? It's a totally different broadcaster. Peter, in the passage that said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? Now, it's interesting to note here I, I noticed it right away that Peter was led by the Holy Spirit because Peter didn't ask Ananias, is this all of the money from the sale of the land? He didn't. He asked that to Sapphira, and that was a point at which she might have, who knows, she might have been able to redeem herself saying, no, 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 it wasn't. But, of course, she was in on it and she responded, well, sure, she lied too. But Peter didn't ask Ananias that question. He knew. How did he know? The Holy Spirit. And he was in tune with the Holy Spirit. And he knew that the money that, and it, you know, who knows how much it was. It might have been ten times more than what Barnabas brought. But there was something funky going on with that with that offering, and Peter was totally in tune with the Holy Spirit and, and said, you've lied to the, to the Holy Spirit. How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you've lied to the Holy Spirit? Not only did he lie to the Holy Spirit, but he was listening to another broadcaster. Who was that other broadcaster? Our enemy, Satan. So instead of compassion, which is what, Barnabas gave his offering to the apostles. Instead of compassion, what's the opposite of compassion? Jealousy or envy. You see, Ananias, and it doesn't, doesn't quite say this, but again, the contrast of that word but implies it. He probably saw Barnabas giving all of this money and that it was received joyfully and gratefully by the apostles. So... I can just see Ananias saying, I want a piece of that action. I want to be recognized. He was jealous or envious, maybe, uh, but the opposite of compassion. Barnabas brought that gift because of compassion. Ananias didn't do that. It says that Satan filled his heart. And when you do that, you do the exact opposite of compassion. So in this, in this case, we have jealousy or envy. 
perhaps uh, was one of the driving forces, which brings me to point number one, if you're taking notes. Point number one, jealousy or envy never come from the Holy Spirit. Never. Jealous. How many people will here admit to ever being jealous or envious? If and e, there's even a phone that's that's <laughs> that's blinging and admitting to being jealous and envious. Everybody has, and everybody can relate to the jealousy and envy. But jealousy and envy never come from the Holy Spirit. And you know what? We are human, and <clears throat> we will periodically, even in an instant, in that human moment, be jealous or envious of something. But it's your opportunity to catch that and realize that that does not come from the Holy Spirit. Change the channel. Move that dial. You have to do it consciously and admit it, confess it, and then let the Holy Spirit lead you in a different direction. All right, the next element here is, and it's a big one, it's probably the biggest one that I can find in this passage, and that is deception. Deception. Deception is the opposite of what? Transparency and honesty. See, when Barnabas brought his gift, it was everything. And he was being transparent, he was being honest, Honesty was driving that. Again, it doesn't say that explicitly, but if you read the passage and you read that but and then you read Ananias, it's implicit. There's, there's perfect honesty. There's compassion that's driving this gift. There's honesty that's driving this gift. You get to Ananias, he's jealous, he's envious, and he's deceiving. He's deception. Or there's a deception going on. Verse 2 highlights the deception. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back a part of the money for himself and brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Both Ananias and Sapphira had an opportunity to come clean when they brought this gift to Peter. Now the question to Sapphira was much more direct in verse 8. And uh, Peter says, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Wow. She had a chance to come clean. You would have thought that that was a red flag when, when she was standing there. But they were in this together. The deception was in this together. Or they were in, in this deceptive plan, if you will. And uh, sadly, she said she lied and said yes. Why is this deception so grievous is the question that we have to stop here for a moment. Why is, is deception in this particular story so grievous? It might be a good time to look at the very first deception ever recorded in Scripture. Uh-huh. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And verse 1 is the bait. I'll let, give you a second to get there because it's worth noting. Now put a little marker in your Bible and go back here. And this is the first deception recorded in Scripture. Now the serpent was more crafty 
than any of the wild animals that the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, here's the bait, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the deception then follows in verses 3 and 4, and especially in verse 4, after the, the woman engages in conversation with the serpent. And the serpent says in verse 4, and here's, here's the real deception, you will not certainly die. Lie big time. He is the father of all lies, right? Satan is the father of all lies. He's broadcasting, always broadcasting lies to everybody, to the believer if he can. Let's finish. You uh, will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. Lie, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. There was a half-truth in that. It wasn't the whole truth. It was what? Deception. You want to know why this, this story is, is so important and why Ananias fell dead? Because of deception. Because God hates deception. Because deception led to man's fall. Number two, if you're taking notes, again, number one, Jealousy or envy never come from the Holy Spirit. Number two, deception and lies never come from the Holy Spirit. Deception and lies never come from the Holy Spirit. Ananias was tuned into a different station. And by the way, uh, John chapter 8, Verse 44, you can jot that down in, in your notes if, you're, if you want to go to it. It tells you where lies come from. Lies come from the father of lies, Satan. He's broadcasting lies all the time. And he's trying to trip believers up too. All right, let's get to the last thing about this passage. Barnabas gave his, his um, offering at the apostles' feet out of generosity. He was generous. He didn't have to, to, to give any of that money, but he was moved by compassion. He was moved by honesty. Integrity is another word that you can use and replace there. And he was moved by generosity. We are called to be generous people. If you read Acts chapter 5 all by itself, the average non-believer might be tempted to think that Ananias was just skimming a little off the top. What's the harm if he's skimming 5%, 10%? He's giving what probably was a pretty decent, sizable boatload of money at the apostles' feet. So what's the big deal? We see it, we see it in... <clears throat> in, in our world all the time. People skimming off the top a little bit. Oh, I'll just, you know, and they're going to get all of this. I'll keep just a little bit just to make life easier or whatever, or to buy 
buy a yacht or or even something so small as or to buy a tank of gas doesn't matter you're skimming off the top and so in this case what's the opposite of generosity greed greed is the opposite of generosity so again, if you, if you read Acts chapter 5 all by itself, even for a believer, you think, oh, you know, Ananias dropped dead for skimming a little bit off the top when the apostles had, had just this boatload of cash given to them from, you know, shouldn't the, shouldn't the focus on Peter been this boatload of cash? Instead, the Holy Spirit says that's not everything. That's why it's so important. Greed is one of the elements in Ananias' heart. Uh, New Living Translation uh, translates verse 4 in Acts 5 uh, perhaps a little more accurately so that you really get a sense of what's going on here. It says, the property was, these are the words of Peter telling Ananias, the property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. You could have skimmed 10% off the top. That There was nothing wrong with that, except that there was deception involved, and there was a little greed that he wanted to, to pocket some of the cash. There was nothing wrong, but there was no honesty in it. So honesty was gone, integrity was gone, there was an element of greed, there was an element of deception, there was an element of jealousy, element of envy. Hold on! Do you, did you hear all of the things that are going on? It's not just, oh, I'm pocketing a little bit off the top. There's a lot more going on here. See, Peter knew the truth of the situation. He knew it because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was telling him, and Ananias was trying to have it both ways. One, he was trying to appear generous. And at the same time, trying to keep some of the profits for himself. He was trying to have it both ways. What's that? What is that? Well, the world will say, oh, that's nothing. Well, it is something because it lacks integrity. It's driven by jealousy and envy. It's driven by greed. Is driven by things that the Lord detests. Number three, greed never comes from the Holy Spirit. We have three things here, and you can go on and on and on because it's a big, folks, it's a big ball of wrong. It's not just this, this little thing that, that Ananias wanted to pocket a little bit off the top, skim a little off the top. And again, there's nothing wrong in that of itself, but the whole picture was just a big ball of wrong because Ananias was not in tune with the Holy Spirit. He was in tune with Satan. Satan, the father of lies, deception, the author of jealousy and envy and greed and all of these negatives. The whole thing was a big ball of wrong. Not just one thing. The whole thing was just wrong. And that's why Ananias and Sapphira both fell over dead. 
So we've got greed. So what we have here is far more than just one little thing. First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 1 is interesting because it says, Therefore, rid yourself of all kinds of malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, hypocrisy envy, and slander of every kind. And this is just a partial list, right? Ananias is, is inside this ball of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, or at least many elements of it, and that goes on. We, we listed some of the others uh, uh, in, in what was driving this whole force, motive. And, and that's another word that I failed to mention here. You have to look at motive. What's, what was the motive of Barnabas? It was pure. Not to say that Barnabas was ever had an impure thought. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. But in this particular case, motive was good. And the gift was received. And then we get to uh, chapter 5, verse 1, and we get, but, and here's the contrast, and the motive suddenly shifts. And the motive goes from all good to a big ball of wrong. So it goes way beyond just skimming a little off the top. Way beyond it. it. If you dig in, you see that Ananias and Sapphira were listening to the wrong radio station. They were tuned in to the wrong station. So what can we glean from this tragic story? Make sure your tuner is always focused on God's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will never lead you astray. Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23, mark that in your notes and go to it and check it out because this is, this is how the Holy Spirit operates. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Barnabas operated in the fruits of the Spirit when he brought his gift. But Ananias and Sapphira did not operate in the fruits of the Spirit because they weren't tuned into the fruits of the Spirit. They weren't tuned into the Holy Spirit. They were tuned into, Peter reveals it right there. Satan has filled your heart. He was listening to the wrong radio station. I have one final thought to close this. And, and this is kind of food for thought that you can chew on during the week. One final thought. What happens when, as a believer and follower of Jesus, you choose to tune out the Holy Spirit? Can that happen? Sure it can. We always have a choice. We have a choice because Satan is always trying to trip up even the believer to make believers look bad to the world. Is it possible that we can tune out the Holy Spirit? Well, yes, actually it is. And I'm going to, I found a great quote from a gentleman by the name of S. Michael Hoodman. He's the founder of GodQuestions.org Ministries. It's a, it's a ministry that, that uh, essentially answers questions about uh, 
Christianity and the faith and, and following Christ. And I found this to be perfect. And this is, this is what I want you to chew on this week, okay? In relation, in context to the story of Ananias and Sapphira, which is a tragic tale. Yes, it's tragic indeed. But can we follow in, in those footsteps? Well, yes, we can. And this quote kind of brings it home. Listen to this quote. And this is available online. Just uh, uh, Google um, S. Michael Hoodman and can you tune out the Holy Spirit? And this will probably come up somewhere in, in the first couple of uh, results. Here's the quote. While the Holy Spirit will never leave a believer, stop right there, that's good news. Are you a believer in Jesus Christ? Have you really made that, that commitment? And if not, I beg you to do that today because the Holy Spirit will immediately come into your life. He will seal you, says the Scripture, for, for that day when Jesus Christ comes to take his church, his beloved with him. Do that today. Immediately the Holy Spirit comes to, to live inside of you. So while the Holy Spirit will never leave a believer, it is possible for our sin to quench the Holy Spirit. Where does that come from? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, if you want to write it down. It's also, um, it's also possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. It says Ephesians 4.30. Write that one down too. We can do those things to the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be tuned into the Holy Spirit. We can do those things. It's a choice. Sin always has consequences in our relationship with God. While our relationship with God is secure in Christ, unconfessed sin in our lives can hinder our fellowship with God and effectively quench the Holy Spirit's working in our lives. That is why it is so important to confess our sins because God is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from just those unrighteous? No, from all unrighteousness. Praise God. And that's 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And the quote ends, So, while the whole, and this is key, folks. If you're going to tune in anywhere in this message, tune in right now. You, you, you've, got, you've got a radio thing? Make sure that LED is as bright red as you can get it. Because this is key to this, this whole story. You ready? Everybody ready? Everybody ready? I'm not hearing it. Everybody ready? Yes. We're all tuned in. So, while the Holy Spirit will never leave us, the benefits and joy of His presence can in fact depart from us. Just ask Ananias and Sapphira. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We, we thank you for stories like this that help us to realize that <clears throat> this wonderful journey that, that you've called us to, to be ambassadors uh, of you on this side of eternity, uh, is something that we constantly have to, to hone in on 
it's not automatic. That we, we have to read your word, we have to ingest your word, we have to love your word, we have to act on your word, and we have to be that word for the people around us who are still lost in this world. So help us to never tune out. So easy to do, Father. So many distractions all around us. Help us to cast off those distractions and to really hone in on you. What are you telling us to do? Because we each have uh, things that you've called us to do. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How does that happen? Unless we actually act in kingdom principles. You've called us to do that, even in the Lord's Prayer. So help us to stay tuned in and realize that it takes effort to maintain that, that special place on our soul's radio dial, to stay tuned in on the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit rule in our lives. And if someone here today realizes that they don't even have Christ in their lives, that they want the Holy Spirit, who is promised, I pray right now that that person is receiving you, Jesus, into their hearts. And right now, the Holy Spirit is sealing that person for the day of redemption. In Jesus' name, amen.